0: Good morning, see if I'm on, am I on, all right, good morning, welcome to this worship service of Ada First United Methodist Church, my name is Reverend Brandy Rigsby and it is a joy and a privilege to be gathered this morning to worship our Lord and Savior. I just want to welcome each and every one of you here, if you're visiting with us we extend a special welcome, if you're joining us online we thank you for being here as well. Um, A few announcements and reminders as we get started. If you are joining us online, Mark is in the back, um, keeping up with Facebook and YouTube, so please just check in, let us know you're here. If you have any questions, we'll get back to you as soon as we can, but we thank you for being with us in whatever way you can today. Also, we do have our um, tithe and offering box in the back, but we also have an online giving option if you're interested in supporting the ministries and mission of our church both here in our community and around the world. We appreciate your generosity and the work that you allow us to do in partnership with others in our community for the building of God's kingdom. We are beginning this week our Lenten small group studies. Um, I will be offering one beginning this evening at 6 o'clock. We'll meet right across the hall in room 205. If you would like to join us by Zoom, please let me know and I can get a Zoom link to you. Or if you want to be here in person at 6 o'clock, if you don't have the book yet, that is okay. You could just simply come, and we'll enjoy this time of study together. And then Dave Lusk's group will begin on Thursday afternoon at, I think it's 1 o'clock. And they will also be over in room 205 and by Zoom. So please make sure you check with one of us if you need that Zoom link. But we're looking forward to the study we will be looking at five spiritual practices to help deepen our spiritual journey through this season of Lent. We also do have more of the Sanctuary Lenten devotionals available in the back on the table on your way out of the sanctuary. You're welcome to pick one of those up free of charge on your way out this morning. Just a short daily devotional to guide you through this season. We do have some special service opportunities available over the next couple of months. We are participating in a Lenten food drive for the Ada Food Pantry. They have seen a drastic increase in need in our community, as we've all felt that in our wallets with the prices of groceries going up, um, the community need has nearly doubled in the past year, the number of visits they see to the food pantry. And the Bulldog Backpack Program, which sends food home with kids over the weekend, has increased by 40% this year. Nearly 75 Ada Elementary students are receiving this blessing each weekend as they go home with some extra snacks and food to help get them through until Monday. So we appreciate your contributions. If you would like to donate any food items, we do have a grocery cart down in the front porch area. We'll gather those over the next month and then take them to the food pantry. And of course, if you'd like to make a monetary donation, that will also go towards the food pantry. All right, and today we have a service opportunity. I need Ada, Claire, Callum, and Haley to stand up. Yes. This is part of our Ada Daring Dolphins Destination Imagination Team. They're an elementary STEM team, and they have put together a service project. They've been working very hard on this for quite a while. Part of their project is a community service project, and they need our help. So this afternoon from 1 to 2.30, they'll be gathering in the park, and they're asking for help to clean up the Ada Park, to scrub down the equipment, to pick up trash, to get in there and get our hands dirty and help clean up our community. So we want to thank them for their leadership, and if you're able to join us today at the park at 1 o'clock, we would appreciate that. Thank you, guys. Finally, we are also collecting Easter flower orders and the memorial list, so if you are interested in ordering an Easter flower and submitting that in memory or in honor of someone, we are on a tight deadline. There are order forms on the music stand in the back of the sanctuary where you came in. If you could pick one of those up or it will come out to you in an email tomorrow. Um, Fill those out as soon as possible and get them back to the church office. We are gonna be turning in those orders on March 5th, so we need them back by March 4th. Now, friends, as we move into this time of worship, may we come knowing that God's presence is already at work in this time and in this place. God is calling us to open our hearts and our ears to hear his voice speaking to us at this very moment. I invite you, will you join me in an attitude of worship?
1: Please stand and join me in the call to worship. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us.
2: God has anointed us to bring good news to
1: the poor, To proclaim freedom for the prisoners.
2: To make recovery of sight for the blind.
1: To set the oppressed free.
2: Let us worship the God of justice and peace.
1: Please remain standing to sing hymn number 57 in the United Methodist Hymnal. Scripture is Luke 4, 14 through 30, and you can find it in your pew Bible on page 783. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He taught in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. Jesus went to Nazareth, where he had been raised. On the Sabbath, he went to the synagogue, as he normally did, and stood up to read. The synagogue assistant gave him the scroll from the prophet Isaiah. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to liberate the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the synagogue assistant, and sat down. Every eye in the synagogue was fixed on him. He began to explain to them, Today, the scripture has been fulfilled just as you heard it. Everyone was raving about Jesus. So impressed were they by the gracious words following from his lips. They said, This is Joseph's son, isn't it? Then Jesus said to them, Kapernaum, uh, undoubtedly, you will quote this saying to me, Doctor, heal yourself. Do here in your hometown what we've heard you did in Capernaum. He said, I assure you that no prophet is welcome in the prophet's hometown. And I can assure you that there were many widows in Israel during Elijah's time when it didn't rain for three and a half years and there was a great food shortage in the land. Yet Elijah went, was sent to none of them, but only to a widow in the city of Zarepham, in the region of Sidon. There were also many persons with skin diseases in Israel during the time of the prophet Elijah, but none of them were cleansed. Instead, Naaman, the Syrian, was cleansed. When they heard this, everyone in the synagogue was filled with anger. They rose up and ran ran him out of town. They led him into the crest of the hill on which their town had been built, so that they could throw him off the cliff. But he passed through the crowd and went on his way. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
0: I'd like to invite our children forward for our children's message. Good. Were you surprised by that snow yesterday? Yeah. Was it a good surprise or? No. We're so over it, aren't we? Oh, you. Oh well. Well, you're inside where it's warm today, and I have some questions for you. I know that you all have been learning in Sunday school and in children's church about the, ma- the amazing things that Jesus did during his lifetime. And so I'm wondering if you could name some of those things for me. What are the things that Jesus did while he was here on earth? What do you think, Harv? He what? Made us alive. Yeah. Gave us life. Yeah. He healed people. Yep, absolutely. What else did Jesus do while he was here? Can you think of anything? Wow, I bet you guys know some things. Well, let's see. What do you think, Ada? Yeah, he, wa- he did, yes. He did some amazing miracles. Did he teach? Did he preach? What do you think, Ellen? What else did um, he do? He made plans. Oh, yeah, God did that. He gave birth to us. Well, yeah, God created us. No yeah. because there's a crocodile: in there. No froggies because there's a crocodile. OK. Yep, yep. <laughs> so we're going to hear a story today, and we're going to talk about Jesus' healing ministry. Do you know any of the healing stories about Jesus? Who are some of the people that he healed? Do you know? Was, there was a blind person. Do you, know what, no, do you know what they did to heal the blind person? Spit in the dirt and put mud on his eyes. And then he also cured somebody of leprosy. Do you know what leprosy is? He cured a lot of lepers. It's a skin disease where your skin breaks out and it hurts really bad. He cast demons out. He healed the sick. And somebody named this one, probably the most amazing thing of all, he brought people back to life. He raised them from the dead. So I brought some things today that I wanted to show you This is our kind of at-home first-aid kit. So let's see what we got in here. First of all, what are these? Tissues, yes. How about this? Do you recognize this? A thermometer, thermometer. all right. Right here. Some ibuprofen. This is a miracle right there. Oh, and this is my, okay, we got these. What are these? Every first-aid kit must have these, right? All right, and this is my favorite. Whenever my kids complain about an ache or a pain or a boo boo, do you know what I tell them? Get an ice pack. That's the cure all, right? Just put an ice pack on it. We do that a lot at our house. But let me ask you do you think I could cure anybody with my first aid kit? No. Could I raise anybody from the dead? No. What? I couldn't cure leprosy? No. I couldn't heal a blind person? No. Well,. But here's the thing, God tells us that we have, a been, we have been anointed and empowered by the Spirit just like Jesus, and we are called to heal people. Are we able to do that? No. Are you sure? Yes. Yeah,
2: sure.
0: Have you ever healed anybody? No. no. What about when your parents are maybe having a tough day? Have you ever run up and give them a hug or a kiss? No. I bet that healed him. <laughs> no. How about when a friend at school is having a tough day? Have you ever uh, maybe walked over and said, hey, you want to sit with me or do you want to play? You do you like think that brought healing to them? Yes. Absolutely. We might not heal the same way Jesus did, but we are called to be healers. And you can do that in very special ways, even as kids. And one of those ways I want to challenge you to this week, I brought cards, I have a picture of the church on the front, and they're just blank on the inside. And what I want to challenge you all to do is take this home, get a grown-up to help you. I want you to write a nice note to someone. Maybe you know someone who's lonely or having a hard time. And you can just write them a quick note, and your mom and dad or grandma and grandpa can help you address it and put a stamp on it and send it to that person. And you know what I think'll happen? I think you're going to heal their hearts. I'm text. You're just going to text them. <laughs> I'm I mean, it's, yeah. it's better than nothing, but I think a card, is it, is it, really, is it really special to get mail? It. Yeah, it's, it's much more special to get something in the mail, though. It's so, it's, man, they are heckling me up here today. It's not the 80s. So, well, then this is going to be a really big challenge. You're going to have to learn how to use a pencil and a stamp And put it in the mailbox. Okay? All right. So that's what we're gonna do this week work on sending these cards, maybe a couple of texts, and learn how we can continue to be healers just like Jesus called us to. All right, let's say a prayer before this completely spirals. All right, let's pray together. (laughs) Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus to show us, show us your love help us today, help us today. To, love like to love like Jesus did and to be healers, to be healers. In, this in this world amen all right haley you're going to help me pass these out you got to get your
1: The second reading is Luke 4:31 through 40, in the Pew Bible on page 783. Jesus went down to the city of Capernaum, in Galilee, and taught the people each Sabbath. They were amazed by his teaching because he delivered his message with authority. A man in the synagogue had the spirit of an unclean demon. He screamed, Hey, what have you done with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. You are the Holy One from God. Silence, Jesus said, speaking harshly to the demon. Come out of him. The demon threw the man down before them, then came out of him without harming him. They were all shaken and said to each other, What kind of word is this that he can command unclean spirits with authority and power and they leave? Reports about him spread everywhere in the surrounding region. After leaving the synagogue, Jesus went home with Simon. Simon's mother-in-law was sick with a high fever, and the family asked Jesus to help her. He bent over her and spoke harshly to the fever, and it left her. She got up at once and served them. When the sun was, getting, when the sun was setting, everyone brought to Jesus relatives and acquaintances with all kinds of diseases, placing his hands on each of them. He healed them. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
0: Well, good morning again. Today marks the second Sunday in the season of Lent. Church seasons like Lent are very interesting to me. You see, I grew up in a very small United Methodist Church in Mexico, Indiana, And I learned from an early age to mark time by the liturgical seasons. And now I'm watching my own kids in typical PK fashion becoming pros at matching the pyramid colors with the correct liturgical season, a life skill I'm sure they will always value. However, marrying a former Pentecostal, though, I've learned that not everyone grew up learning to coordinate church seasons and liturgical colors. In fact, LifeWay did a poll a few years ago, 2017, and they found that only 20% of Protestant churches observe the season of Lent, let alone any other church season. 20% of Protestants observe the season of Lent. So I found it especially interesting this year, the number of references that I've seen on media and social media, and even that I've overheard in conversation about Lent. You notice restaurants advertising their fish menu option for Lent. Charities challenging us to clean out our closets and donate for Lent. Yoga studios and gyms are selling Lent as a time to reset and restart those New Year's goals. And this past week, the person in front of me in line at Starbucks, she ordered her venti iced caramel macchiato with no whipped cream because she's giving up sweets for Lent. It seems that in our secular culture, Lent has gained popularity as sort of a self improvement plan or a wellness cleanse. But in the life of the church, we talk about this as a season of repentance, a season of self examination. But today, in this scripture that we hear from the Gospel of Luke, the call of Lent becomes much deeper what started at his baptism, what connected through the temptation in the wilderness comes to fruition today as we stand witness to Jesus' healing ministry. The message of Lent, the call of Lent is to stand right in the middle of the messiness and the chaos and the brokenness of this world and not to avoid it but to be those who seek to bring healing and wholeness in the midst of it. Last week, we stood on the shores of the Jordan River. And then we followed Jesus into the wilderness of temptation, where for 40 days, he fasted and prayed. And through that time, we saw that Jesus not only stands in our shoes but he identifies with us with our struggles, and he shows us that it is possible to overcome temptation, that it is possible to walk the path that God desires for us. And now today, today we follow Jesus to his hometown of Nazareth, into the temple and to the beginning of his earthly ministry, and we see him once again demonstrating what it means to stand in the shoes of humanity by being present, and by redeeming even the worst situations that we as humans find ourselves in. See, I'm convinced that the season of Lent speaks to the truth of our deepest reality, and even our deepest fear as humans the truth that we are sinful, we are broken, we are not whole, and we are not holy who God has created us to be. But it's through the life of Jesus, his humanity, his healing ministry, that we find what we need. We need someone who has been there, Someone who has faced the same temptations. Someone, as we said in the words of the Ash Wednesday liturgy, someone who has stood in the ashes of pain and grief. Someone who has faced the uncertainty of death. We need someone who sees us, who knows us. I read an article this past week about a man in Tokyo named Shoji Marimoto. Since 2021, Marimoto has been renting himself out to do nothing. He is willing to eat, drink, and give simple feedback to his customers, but nothing more. Nothing more. And as strange as it sounds, he has more business, more customers than he could even respond to. Here's how it started. He attained his degree. He got a job with a publisher who soon after fired him. His boss told him, it doesn't really matter if you're here or not, which got him thinking that maybe there are people out there who need someone to do nothing. Nothing. So he began offering his services, and he discovered that people not only are looking for this, but people are willing to pay him to do nothing. Now, I'm sure you're wondering who in the world would pay someone to do nothing for you? But Miramoto explains he said, sometimes there's a group that just needs an extra person for a game they're playing or to fill a reservation. He says, but mostly his requests come from people who just don't want to be alone. He was hired to accompany a woman to her lawyer's office as she signed the divorce papers. He went with a man to the hospital to give him the courage to make a visit that he had been putting off for a long time. Most of the time, he writes, people just want to talk about their problems with someone who's not going to try and offer them advice. And the article ends with these words. In this current age, difficulties have spread to, different, to various areas of life. It may be the case that somewhere in their hearts, everyone is longing for someone who will just cheer them on. It seems that this may be why the rent a person who does nothing Who doesn't tell you to go do your best, but simply stands by your side in silence. Maybe that's why this has seen an endless demand. Friends, the truth we heard on Ash Wednesday, the truth of Lent, is that we are not who we are supposed to be. We are broken and fragile. We are not wholly who God intends for us to be. And so today we find ourselves standing in the temple in Nazareth with Jesus' childhood friends and his family. The very same people who watched him grow up. And today they're saying, our hometown boy has returned. They hand him the scrolls, and he stands up, and he begins to read. They are hanging on his every word, listening closely to the prophet Isaiah. When Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He continues reading, He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And they're all sitting on the edge of their seats. They're waiting for his exposition. And then he simply announces as he folds the scroll back up. Today, the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. I wonder if maybe this was the beginning of the end for him. That day as he stood up in his hometown church and declared himself the anointed one, the fulfillment of prophecy, the Messiah. So, of course, they were a little skeptical at first. They said, isn't this Mary and Joseph's boy? And now he's claiming to be the Savior that we've been waiting for. But they had heard the rumors, They'd heard what he had done in Capernaum, so they were willing to give him a chance. If only he could prove himself right here in front of their eyes, then they would believe him. But he doesn't. Instead, he goes on to quote scripture again and in a way that they would have fully understood. He said, I'm here to help the ones that you've ignored the ones you've pushed out, the ones that you don't think deserve saving. And so like good, any good church folks who don't like what the preacher is preaching, they round him up, they drag him to the edge of the town, and they try to throw him off a cliff. And in that moment, in a very real way, Jesus once again stepped into the shoes He became like those that he came to heal and save. He was ignored. He was isolated. He was rejected. Over and over again, Jesus found himself in that scenario, shunned, isolated, rejected for not proving himself, for eating with sinners, for touching the unclean, for healing the possessed, for breaking the rules for turning every religious doctrine upside down. He had mercy for the rejected because he had stood in their shoes. He knew the reality and pain. He had empathy and compassion because he had been there in the wilderness, faced with temptation in the pit of affliction, facing the loneliness an isolation of his own mortality. The Gospels are filled with stories of Jesus' healing ministry. In fact, it seems to be one of the few things they can all sort of agree on. The details differ. A man plagued by a demon. There's Simon's sick mother. There's the story of the paralyzed man who was lowered through the roof. So many people with skin diseases and blindness, even those that he raised from the dead. Lazarus raised from the dead after four days. And there's one commonality, though, that runs through them all. Each of these afflictions would have isolated these individuals from their community, they would have been pushed aside, relegated to the outskirts of town. Scholars point out that Jesus spent most of his ministry in rural areas of northern Israel, not in the city of Jerusalem. And as we all know well, in a small town, it is nearly impossible to be anonymous. Everybody knows everybody, everybody knows everybody's business. There is no hiding. In a big city, someone with a skin disease or an affliction, they could have hid away, they could have got lost in the crowd. But in a small town, you knew who the lepers were. You knew the people who were possessed by demons, and they were shunned. Oftentimes, these afflictions would have been attributed to a sin in their life or somewhere in the family line. And so they were pushed away from the community but it was right in the middle of that pain and loneliness and isolation that Jesus met those people, and he healed them. But here's the thing that I found over and over again as I read these stories of his healing ministry. The healing ministry, the physical healing, was actually secondary. It was a byproduct of their spiritual healing. He wasn't just putting band-aids on wounds. He was restoring their humanity. He was making them whole, and he was bringing them back into the community. I can't help but think that Jesus knew that God knows healing is about being seen. It's about being redeemed and restored. It's about being made whole and only then is salvation realized healing is about being seen and heard and known and made whole so friends i want to ask if lent is a call to follow in jesus's footsteps to seek to live more fully as he did Aren't we also being called to healing ministry? Aren't we also being called to be healers? But I know just like the kids, we all tend to think, how are we supposed to heal people? We aren't Jesus. We can't perform miracles. And boy, do I know that truth. I've stood at the bedsides of so many families in the middle of their grief and pain, wishing I could do something, anything in that moment. But I have never cured anyone's disease. I have never cast out a demon, and I've never brought anyone back to life. I'm sorry. But I wonder if maybe, maybe there has been healing. Because what if healing isn't just the physical transformation? What if healing is someone who turns to you and sees you, your shortcomings, your brokenness, and they say, I see you, but I see you healed. I see you whole. I see the image of God within you. Have you ever experienced that kind of healing? Have you ever given someone else that kind of healing? It's powerful and restorative and redemptive to be seen through the eyes of Christ. To be seen as a child of God who is healed and whole. Even if you can't see it yourself, and maybe especially if you can't see it yourself. That is the healing ministry I am convinced God is calling us to. Here and now, to see one another, to see those in our community and world who have been ignored and forgotten, who have been pushed aside, to see them through the eyes of Christ. And in doing so, we allow the Spirit of God to go to work through us, loving, healing, and restoring wholeness through the very grace of Jesus Christ. Maybe today we need to be reminded in the the words of Adam Hamilton that Jesus is still in the healing business. He still heals hearts. He still forgives sins. He still heals our bodies, and he still sets people free. And now he is calling us Calling us to be stretcher bearers, to be people who will carry one another, who will pray for one another, to have faith when the person next to us doesn't have faith. So, on the second Sunday in the season of Lent, instead of joining a wellness cleanse or a self improvement plan, may we seek. May we seek to follow Christ's example and to live as healers in this world, here and now. Let us pray. God of mercy, God of compassion, you sent your Son to live among us to experience our humanity. He delivered good news to the poor, healed the sick, freed the prisoners, and liberated the oppressed. He poured mercy and grace over the hurting and the lonely and the forgotten. He brought your kingdom near. And now, O God, you have called us, your children, created in your image and endowed with the same spirit that was in Christ. You have called us to become healers in this world. So Lord, give us courage. Give us compassion. Where there is pain, help us to be gentle. Where there is isolation, call us to fill the gap. Where there is sin, lead us to repentance. Where there is despair and death, bring healing and wholeness into our lives and our world. Use us, O God. Use us as instruments of your love and your healing. In the name of Christ our Savior we pray. Amen. you, Choir, Connie, and Scott. Now, friends, in this moment, we pause and we prepare our hearts. We prepare to offer back to God just a portion of the gifts and graces and blessings that God has poured out on us. Friends, as we stand to sing together the words of our doxology, may we hear that call once again. God's call asking us to give our very lives to bring healing to this world and for the building of God's kingdom. I invite you, will you please rise as you are able as we sing together hymn number 95, Praise God from whom all blessings flow. To a time of prayer. May we come with reflective hearts. May we come with open minds and ears. May we come listening, and not only speaking, listening for God's voice to call out to us. And may we know that God hears our prayers. Will you join me in an attitude of prayer? God of healing, God of wholeness. We've come today with thanksgiving in our hearts for the evidence of your goodness and your mercy. Our own lives bruised with tragedy find consolation when touched by your spirit, O God. Our lives, scarred with suffering and rejection, have been renewed by the power of the living Christ. We praise you, O Father, for lives transformed by your grace and your mercy. And yet we also come this morning disconnected, wounded, bringing the scars of our own sin and pain. In the season of repentance, we come confessing and seeking your forgiveness. God, for the times we have allowed fear and shame and anger to steer our course, forgive us, Lord. When we have allowed our wounds to wound others, Forgive us, Lord. When we have sought revenge, when we have closed our hearts to your voice of compassion, forgive us, Lord. When we have added to the pain and darkness of this broken world, forgive us, Lord. We plead today for your healing, Where we are broken, heal us. Our fears, our sadness, our anger, our selfishness. Heal us and make us whole once more, oh God. And now, empowered by your spirit, we lift our prayers for our brothers and sisters in Christ. We lift up Patsy Evans, is recovering from a partial hip replacement surgery following a recent fall. We pray for healing, O oh God. May you give Patsy strength and perseverance as she is working to regain mobility. We also lift up Ron and Martha and all their family as they seek to support her in the days ahead. Lord, in your mercy... Hear our prayers. We continue to lift up Dan Sutherland and his family as Dan continues to recover from a pulmonary embolism. May your healing hand be at work in Dan. May you give strength and peace to his family and friends as they stand by his side. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We also continue to lift up Linda and Jay Epley, Rob McCurdy, Nancy Fleming, Gary Clausen, Carol Lobenhofer, and Gene Smith. Mighty Lord, we pray that your spirit will fill each of their hearts with comfort and peace, that you will give them strength for each day. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. And now, in a moment of silence, we lift up those unspoken prayers that lie on our hearts this morning. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Father God, during this season of Lent, we recognize that pain and death are present in our lives and in our world. But may we know today without a shadow of doubt that the power of sin cannot hold us, that death will not have the last word that through the healing grace of Jesus Christ, we have been given life, abundant life. May your spirit continue to bring healing and wholeness and transformation into our lives. And empowered by your spirit, may we follow in the footsteps of Christ and seek to live as healers in this world, here and now. We ask all these things in the name of Christ Jesus, who taught us to pray together by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now, as children of God, those created in the image of our Creator, called to be healed and to be healers, may we come together, may we lift our voices again, as we join in our closing hymn, number 375, there is a balm in Gilead. I invite you to please rise as you are able. please make sure you pick up those Easter flower order forms so we could get those in by March 4th and I do have to draw your attention this is something I get excited about in the different liturgical seasons I call Pam and Ted Prater and I say I have this idea (laughs) with no guidance or structure whatsoever and they always make it happen so each week of Lent pay attention we're telling a story up here if you haven't caught on to it We've got the cross, the baptismal font, the healing elements of the ministry, and we will continue to have that visual as we move through this season and seek to draw closer and to follow in the footsteps of Christ. Now, friends, may you receive these words of blessing. Just as God's word came to us and walked among us in this world to heal and redeem, so God sends us into the world today to be light and love, to bring healing and hope. Now may the grace and peace of God, the creator, redeemer, and sustainer come upon you today and remain with you always. Amen.